So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. Hey, what is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swart, and I am so excited here. We've got some true gurus, of, the, and if you want to use that sense of the term, between uh, Davidson Reed and Sarah Cook. Um, they are the founders and owners of Physical Culture Pilates Studio, and guys, they have over 50 years of experience between the two of them, incredibly knowledgeable on the subject, and I can't wait to kind of pick their brains and really kind of go into a little bit of a deeper dive of what makes their facility so different and why Pilates can be such a foundational movement for everyone who's, who's listening here. So guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we were kind of getting into it a little bit before. Um, it's always it's always kind of a bummer. Like I always like to get to know know you guys a little bit before we before um, we start recording. And um, Davidson, you're going into some incredible detail about like what is really what really kind of sets you guys apart from a typical Pilates studio. Now, you owned a studio that you said that you, you so you owned and, and operated and was the founder of a studio that had over 30 different yoga instructors and was in multiple locations. And then you you kind of sold that to start this, the smaller, the smaller uh, niche focused studio. Can you kind of go into detail about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I had a facility that had 30 Pilates instructors, uh, not yoga, but Pilates. We had yoga as well and red cord. And, um, it got to the point where it was about running the business for me and not mm-hmm. dealing with clients as much. So I, I wanted to get back to just one-on-one and really interacting with clients more and bringing Pilates, you know, Pilates had this big boom and it, it really rose up and was big. And then in that, that's great for business, but it, it loses some of the interpersonal, the relationship part of it. And um, I wanted to get back to having fewer clients and dealing with them on a much deeper, more intimate level uh, and, and just more focus basically. Uh, and that's yeah. what we did at Physical Culture. Uh, you know, we physical means upper pertaining to the body and culture is improvement of the mind through education and study. So the idea is improvement of the mind through education and study of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And teaching people to, to understand how much control and influence they actually have over their body. If they practice to the point, uh, I tell all my clients, you don't practice Pilates, you don't practice technique, technical things. I come from a a ballet background. I was a professional ballet dancer for years. And you don't practice to get it right. You practice until you cannot get it wrong Mm. until it becomes the habit. Right. What we're doing is we're, we're not trying to replace habits or change habits. We're trying to create new physical movement habits so that wherever they go, their body has habituated to move that way. And uh, we look at them, we start with a, with a, a simple movement screen uh, just to kind of aim the gun at them and, mm-hmm. and see where they fit in and what's the most basic lever that we can throw that's going to have the most downstream effect for them. 
Right. And um, from there, we just, we do it again and again and again until it just becomes how they move. I think that's an important thing for your listeners to understand that Pilates is not fitness. It's not variety. Mm -hmm. It's the it's same thing every time. It's a mantra. And it, it, it becomes the, um, uh, another force, another influence on their body. Because let's face it, most of our lives are physically very repetitive. Mm -hmm. And we right. counter those forces with another force to create a third outcome or a different outcome, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's how we view Pilates is is a uh, a force in someone's life, and we use uh, some other tools that are more effective yeah. to get to different parts of the well, different systems in the body and subsystems. And for us, we also uh, I don't I say this all the time, tongue in cheek, but I don't believe in the mind body connection. I think it's crap. I don't I don't think it's real. <laughs> yeah, in much as there is no distance, no separation, and no difference between the mind and the body. They're not two things. Okay. They're one thing that go completely together. In, in order to understand them, we dissect them apart to, to study them. Sure. But so much of the time in that dissection of those two elements, we view them and treat them as though they're separate. Mm -hmm. And they're not. The mind and the body are no separate than the oranges from the juice you've got to juice the orange in order to make them separate. They grow as one thing, they're intended as one thing, and they interact as one thing. So as, as a movement person or a, a physical therapist, anyone dealing with the body, you're dealing directly with the mind. In the, in the medical world, they call it bedside manner, whatever, whatever it happens to be. So we brought that aspect into it as well. Uh, our byline is mobility, stability, strength, power, joy. Mm -hmm. Because it's, yeah. uh, you know, the first requisite of happiness is physical fitness. For sure. I think that's a, I think that's an, a uh, criminally overlooked aspect of movement and the fact that um, not only does, yeah, I mean, it, it's always, it's always beneficial to, uh, to look better naked, right. Or to look as good as you can, but the, uh, the, the mental, uh, I guess, clarity you can say, or the, um, the improvements that you can make from a, from a mind space standpoint is um, equally as important. I mean, I know people talk about all the time how they just feel like they can think more clearly. They're better husbands, they're better wives, they're better parents uh, when they do get their workouts or, or when they do do some form of movement. And unfortunately, when life gets stressful, when you should be kind of like bringing home or like really kind of protecting your habits and protecting your routines, that's when things like uh, like exercise or, or whatever form of movement you, you partake in kind of gets dropped. And that's when the stress is like kind of really build up. And I'm sure you guys kind of see that a lot with people coming in as, as kind of like into the ropes, like super stressed out, um, or, or, or just don't really know where else to turn from an injury standpoint or, or from a um, stress or anxiety standpoint. Yeah, there's no doubt. And that's not to say that what we do is not exercise. For sure. For sure. The point is not exercise. The point right. is uh, movement and a, uh, an operating system for the body. Um, as somebody who's practiced Pilates for a very long time, there's few to no physical tasks that I approach and don't know whether or not I can do it right now. I know automatically, can I do this or not? Right. From skydiving to jujitsu, it's, it's, I know what my limits are because I know my body. I understand how it works. Yeah. I still have a split, not that the split matters, but I still have the mobility really is, is a better way to put it. The mobility and enough strength to, to do my life. I, I don't think excess strength and excess exercise Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, the number one reason people go to physical therapists are sports injuries. They're exercise related injuries. They're not, sure. it's not from uh, major car accidents, hopefully, right? It's, right? it's repetitive stress injuries that happen in the gym because the gym, uh, and nothing wrong with it. It's just so much of the time it's approached like a sport rather well, than something that's in, well for you. We're in a sedentary yeah. 
lifestyle right now and we're sitting more than we're certainly standing but definitely squatting and yeah so people try to balance it out by yeah they feel like they can intensely exercising as much as they're sitting yeah intense exercise with intense sloth Um, yeah Right. Yeah. People are always trying to unwind like, you know, 18 hours worth of sitting with one hour worth of working out. Right. And uh, it's just tough to do. And then you end up trying to find the midpoint through extremes, which isn't how you get there. It doesn't average the same. It doesn't average. Yeah. Right. For sure. So then Sarah, how did, uh, I'm sorry, what's that Davidson? I'm sorry. It just, it ends up just being extreme stress, stress on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And, and then, um, Sarah, do you, do you, what is you, what is your role with physical culture Pilates? Um, do you, are you um, do you so do you run a lot of like FMS screens or do you are you a lead instructor or what's kind of like your what's your uh, main focus at this uh, at this location? We work here? together um, and we both do the FMSs and we both put people through. Davidson works with his hands more with the structural integration, so he's working in the soft tissue and making changes with his hands. Yeah, I'm um, pumped up to get into I, that a little bit later. <laughs> um, and we go back and forth like. Uh, Sometimes it's better for us to switch off with clients. Somebody works with him for a while and then comes and works with me for a while. Um, but my interests um, are in, I have a, a online course that I just wrote and it's nice. um, called Women's Work and it's a pelvic floor wellness course, which is really focused on learning to assess yourself and kind of a, a ground level course because as women, we go to the gynecologist for the first time and then it's the gynecologist's charge um to deal with our um internal situation so um, that's a big interest for me and a big time chunk for me and then also i'm pretty obsessed with scoliosis um yeah so i enjoy working with my scoliosis clients so yeah well, that's awesome. I think women's health, it's definitely a growing field. You're seeing a lot more healthcare providers that are kind of specializing with women's health, postpartum. What What is this course that you created? And can you go into a little bit more detail about like what exactly that entails? And do you use Pilates as a way to help with women's health issues and such as leaking? I know that's a big issue in the women's health field. It's huge. I remember I accidentally took a women's health course or like at a conference and um, I had no idea it was, but I'm super glad I did. Cause I had no idea that some of the issues that women deal with were so prominent. It's just, it's like not even, it's not even spoken of. Well, it's taboo. It. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I started this work, uh, years ago because i had had my second baby and I found out just talking with friends, found out that all of my friends were peeing on themselves. I yeah. mean, all of them. Yeah. Could, on a trampoline couldn't run some of them couldn't do anything without wearing some sort of a panty liner or a pad i mean they would joke about wearing their kids diapers and i was just blown away um and then you know as i was looking into creating i you know i started doing little workshops um i'm pre and postnatal um certified beyond my regular certification and had an interest in that um still do but uh that's sort of how i got in um to this and as i'm doing more research i you know found out looking into dr kegel's work because everybody's doing kegels why aren't we getting better um and he used an internal device Mm -hmm. which provided feedback so um you know it's sort of it's sort of like what we do with the red cord um yeah and uh so so do you use internal devices i'm sorry so do you you use an internal device for uh, feedback Um, 
we do use a jade egg, which there's been some negative um, media stuff around the jade egg um, because there's a lot of people that use eggs that aren't jade. Um, yeah. So the that I took some time sourcing it and it's all GIA certified. So the same certificate that comes with your diamond, um, it's definitely jade. Uh, gotcha. And um, I use a threaded egg so that you can manipulate it with a, with a string and you can pull down. And really it's the release is what we work on in the beginning because yeah. almost everybody has some hypertonic tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without fail, actually. Just because <sighs> The majority of this. So well, much everybody, weakness, everybody's so been there. trying. Everybody's been For trying sure. really hard to squeeze <laughs> the needles. Yeah. yeah. Or they become hypertonic because they're so weak. You know, everything tightens up. For sure. You know, it's either way, the release. It's the same thing with the Pilates movement in general. Um, we've all been conditioned to prepare for exercise. And when we go to exercise, it's like a different kind of movement. Um, and it shouldn't be. It should be. I mean, if you're using 100% of your strength to lift 100 pounds versus 20% of your strength to lift 100 pounds, who's, who's stronger, right? But right. We, we effort as though we're lifting everything we have when really you should use as little effort as possible and as much mobility as possible. I, I swim in kettlebells. That's my main form. And that's nice. completely about being relaxed um, when they're properly done, which yeah those are another tool that can be really improperly used and really tear yeah. somebody up because they you know they employ all the mechanisms of injury in your training mm -hmm. so that you don't get those injuries yeah right, so right. Those mechanisms under control and you learn to deal with that force uh and handle that force and the balance and momentum and um it's it's the I mean, two 30 pound kettlebells and you're good to go. That's pretty much all you need at a certain point. I don't think it's an entry point for most people who are sedentary, sure. um, but uh, it's the, it's the same idea with, with the pelvic floor work or the Pilates or anything. It's the, it's the, the movement aspect of it yeah. and how to move in a, in a way that is um, not prepared. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's we interesting. Spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time redefining what success is. Um, like sure. for me and the work that I do, most women cannot release. And yeah. a lot of people are actually pushing down when they think that they're pulling in and up. So their Kegel squeezes are actually doing exactly what they're trying to fix. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's really frustrating because we come from this culture where it's like, Okay, more is more, more is more. So, okay, I can't yeah. do it, so I'm gonna squeeze harder. So I'm gonna push down harder is really what they're doing. And it's a whole um, reorganization of success today is just being aware that I'm not able to do what I would like to do. And yeah. that's success today. Conscious yeah. and confident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, bringing awareness to, to movement deficiencies or, or poor, uh, poor motor patterns, I think is, is like step number one for sure and, and then you know how to then you know where to start to work right um if you start speaking the same language a little bit what's unfortunate for women is i mean the information they're getting from their physicians yeah is you should do some kegels yeah or here's a pessary <laughs> or here's a pill or here's a pad and there's little to no anything beyond that and um yeah. and it's taboo you know they're embarrassed sure. and and that's just with the incontinent piece. If they're right. having pain and discomfort during sex, that's another level of taboo yeah, that doesn't for sure. that they don't oh want to talk about. So my goal is to create normalcy in yeah. my little course. And um, I, I love it. 
and out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, I think you're right. I think it's 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 really really unfortunate when you look at like the U.S. numbers uh, compared to other developed nations in terms of like um, you know our infant mortality rate, our maternal mortality rate, and just like the care that mothers get after uh, after pregnancy or or after a labor is horrible. Yeah. It's not existent. Yeah, yeah, that's way better to describe it. Yeah. The pond, you get PT when you're done having the baby. Like that's right. what comes with the package. Here you get two weeks, then it's back to work. Well, you don't get any PT. <laughs> Everybody gets PT. I mean, two weeks off and then back to work. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, oh my free. gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you're doing that. I think I think the more people that can get involved with that, and the more people that can start um, trying to speak away these taboos, I think the 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 more just the more empowering it'll be and the better off women's health will be in general. So I think that's that's been like the biggest thing is as soon as you open the door, you know, for women to know that they're not the only one and that like 16 other people in their course that wanted to know the answer to the same question that they asked. Um, So in our course, we also have a relationship um, therapist and a sex trauma therapist. Yeah. uh, sex therapist and then we have a pelvic PT that consults with us um so it's live webinars and we're trying to be holistic and comprehensive um to make it different yeah that's That's awesome right now isn't working yeah (laughs) yeah trying to bring in a bunch of different disciplines and trying to really attack it from what really seems to really fit your guys' model as well in terms of how you approach fitness and wellness and exercise with with pilates in your studio um and really just like the psycho bios or the psychosocial model that's associated with healthcare versus just the biomedical model which has been uh, traditional uh west or uh, yeah western medicine for so long so um I, i love that you guys are trying to incorporate all of the above and making a nice, like holistic place for people to be able to just improve and, and get stronger and, uh, and a true sense of the term. Um, so Davidson, go, going back to your kettlebell work, man, do you, do you, do you integrate that into the Pilates classes that you work or is that something else? For some clients I do. Uh, okay. It depends, on, it depends on the client. I, I see kettlebell as the landing. It's sort of the ending point. You know what I yeah. mean? not a place to, in my opinion, it's not a place to start unless you have the mobility to create the correct mechanical advantage in your body to protect yourself from it. Because again, kettle, what's, what's great about the kettlebell is it, it uses a lot of the, the typical mechanisms of injury as the training. So uh, you, you know, swinging something heavy away from your body sure. can really hurt you unless you have the ability to control that swing and absorb the energy on the, on the downstroke and drive through your hips. And so yeah. I see it as, a, as an extension and, and Pilates is sort of, I mean, movement is movement, right? I mean, there's only so many ranges of motion and, and Pilates basically, I've been, like I said, I've been doing it almost 30 years. It boils down to about 13 movements. Yeah. You take them all down to their origin. So if you look at a, uh, a basic kettlebell swing, it's got Pilates all over it because it's the same body that's doing it right. It's yeah. the same kind of um it's the same structure doing that so pilates relates to it and it sort of prepares the body for more dynamic movement we use the red cords which come from norway and they're they're i don't know if you're familiar with red cord or not but yeah i am but so like uh you know there are cords that you hang down from like from like your ceiling and like you can really kind of like do like suspension type training with that so uh, what, how do you guys use that exactly because i see i know how you would use that in like the pt land but the using in pilates is uh is interesting. I, I call it i call it trx with a phd you know what i mean because yeah. it, it's um, <laughs> good yeah it, it's What's great about the red cord is it allows us to adjust body weight through the use of bungees and springs to offload body weight. 
uh, lever arm. We can shorten up the lever arm by putting it closer to the knees or closer to the ankle. Obviously, there's more leverage for us that way. And yeah. then the big one is the length of the rope determines the placement of the joint. So the sequence of firing, uh, we can get the right muscle to fire at the right time and in the right amount. And what I use it for basically is the deep non-volitional core exercises. You know, to say engage your core is like saying begin digestion. Right? You can't <laughs> yeah. just start you can't just turn, you don't have voluntary access to a lot of those musculature. When people talk about the core in general, they're talking about the glutes and the abs and the back. Okay, that's fine. I call that the athletic core. Those are the mm -hmm. muscles we have voluntary control over, the global prime movers. I'm talking about the little tiny guys, the, sure. the local stabilizers. And when you put someone in the red cords and you get them up off the ground, it creates a very proprioceptively rich environment for them. Yeah. And if you get the, if you get the, the apparatus set up correctly, um, you eliminate the body's ability to use all of the compensations that it's created over time and aberrant patterns to, to affect that. And if you're not getting that, we need to change something in the setup. Um, I use it as the, as the most basic part of it, uh, mm. structural stability, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, st static stability. If you can't be stable while you're not moving, mm -hmm. how can you possibly be stable in motion? Sure. You have yeah. to be in order to move stability uh, is the foundation still first because you have to start from that it point. gives us so much information about you know i mean we have people that'll come up to come into a plank you know with the feet in the in the rig and we ask them where do you feel that my calves yeah okay you know and there we go and, the starting point you know and, and there and, and there we'll we are. move through and i mean we've been through sessions where it's taken, you know, half the session to get them to feel anything other than their calves. And it's like, oh, oh that's that cool. You said it. The other big thing I, awesome. I think the red cord is really good for is um, differentiation, you know, not isolation, but differentiation. And the way I compare it is like differentiation is like if you had a stage of actors and you put a spotlight on one of them. Yeah. Differentiated them out from the rest of the chorus and you're going to focus on that that actor more. It doesn't mean the rest of the actors stop doing their thing. You're right. just focused on this one thing. And with that, we can start to turn down certain muscles that are certain patterns that are overworking and adjust others and get the body to where it, you get this little tremor going. And yeah. I always say the tremor is the truth, right? That's that non-volitional core activity, that muscular confusion, the brain trying to figure out how to do that, how to hold that. And, um, it's amazing. And this is not an exaggeration at all. I've been teaching Pilates a very long time. And for many, many years, I would say to clients, listen, about six to eight weeks into this process, you're going to start to have pain in your, no in your lower back and neck. It's part of the deal. You're, yeah. going to, you're going to come through that on the other side and be better for it. And finally, but, you know, that can't be right. Why do yeah. so many people get into these pain patterns with Pilates? Yeah. People say it all the time. It's hard on your neck. It's hard on your back. Red cord, what I can do, what would take me eight weeks of Pilates work, I can do in eight sessions in red cord in terms of wow. getting the non-volitional core stuff going on because again you don't have voluntary control over these these muscles yeah. many of them and they become not turned off i compare it to a dimmer switch they're just kind of turned down because their their body is not being challenged uh with instability like it was if we were hunting and gathering and wearing bare feet everywhere and you know living our lives the way think about it how many people intended? have you seen that you know are just doing glutes all day long for sure. And their, their quads are just, boom, yeah. like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. And you for know, sure. 
they haven't learned their body hasn't learned anything necessarily. Right. right. Uh, that's, that's, that's a really cool use of the red cord. Does everybody uh, that comes through your guys's program, do they start off on the red cord or do they use the red cord or everybody. almost everybody, unless okay. they need some sort of release first, unless they're so yeah, bound. If they're, if they're already in a, in a, in a real bad pain pattern. Yeah. Uh, if there's pain and dysfunction, we refer it out. We yeah. Send, I'm not messing with that. If there's just normal getting around in life pain or chronic pain and there's no sure. acute injury involved with it, and it's something that I feel like is within our scope, uh, often um, they need a little bit of uh, a little softness first. Yeah. Uh, to calm down the nervous system. They're just, they're here. They're a, a sympathetic pattern the whole time. And we have to get that parasympathetic so they can just sort of yeah. relax a little bit. Um, but usually uh, it starts with, you know, I tell people with my hands, with the structural integration or the, um, the Rolfing, which I'm not a Rolfer because I didn't go through the Rolf school, but it's the yeah. same, same modality. Uh, sure. it, I can make length with my hands. Yeah. But I can't shorten tissue. And, and my focus is tensegrity, right? So okay. discontinuous tension members in continuous compression. And I think of the bones as the tension members and the tissue as the compressive members. And if I can get the tension and the compression to kind of balance out, we can get the most efficient hold of that structure so that it, it's able to handle the force of gravity and ground reaction the most efficiently and yeah. distribute those forces straight through the body, into the floor and out of the head type of thing so that it doesn't go into your tissue, but it goes through your tissue. And the red cord is the, uh, that foundational piece, those local stabilizers are what hold our bones in better alignment and therefore the tissue on the outside can hang better on that yeah and our bones aren't really supporting our tissue they're floating in our tissue sure right? so it's the combination of the two what do we need to loosen here so that we can make that structure more effective uh, or more efficient and what do we need to strengthen or shorten because if you have a short muscle one place well you got a long muscle on the other side right you got to do both of those things at the same time. So I use those two in combination. And once we get that sort of basic idea, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be present. That yeah. they have the awareness and we've seen the improvement. The strength is beginning to, to go and all of that. Then we can move into the Pilates. So we take that, that static stability that we can help with the red cord mm -hmm. and move it into dynamic stability. And Pilates is still very well supported. You're on your back mostly, to yeah. begin especially. Uh, and you're in this structure that sort of supports you and guides you. Mm -hmm. uh, once we get the, the technique going and the Pilates technique going and we start to have the, mo the, the movement aspect with it, then we can bring them to kettlebell. So we load that aspect and make it very dynamic, but they're right. all progressions of the same idea. Gotcha. Gotcha. Dude, that's awesome. So, I mean, you guys are super comprehensive. So, um, so let me see if I get that, if I got the flow, right. So when somebody comes into you, when somebody comes into your guys's, uh, uh, your guys's, um, studio, Will they go, then immediately go through an FMS screen to see yeah. like, okay, so they go through an FMS screen Everybody. without fail everyone. Perfect. And then, um, then at that point, it seems like there's almost like there, there's like a couple of little checkpoints they could go through. So, um, once they go through that screen, uh, if they need some like hands-on work or they need some help, like, like relaxing some of that tissue, well, then we got the sensory integration work that you can do, get some hands-on work done. Um, and then let's say they're good there from like that and they just need more like sensory organization or they need some more proprioceptive input. Um, then they can go, then they jump straight into the red cords. And then once they just like foundational weakness, like you, you go to see, uh, like one of the tests is a, a push up with the arms wide and we're not looking for the push up. We're looking yeah. for when you add distal load, 
do the hips and chest move simultaneously? Does the body grab and does that deadlift thing happen? Or do you yeah. get a delay where there's a softness in the body? Because if there's a, a softness there, they're not going to be able to handle load. Yeah. As well. They can't support their own body weight effectively. How are they going to add some external load? They're going to support that as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's awesome. And then, um, and then you're going to go straight for, or then, uh, and then, and then you start the Pilates programming. <laughs> you haven't even, you haven't even got to that point yet. So it's, it's, we work, um, we work through the FMS and then whatever that individual needs. Yeah. And we'll keep doing an introductory package until, um, until we feel comfortable and they feel comfortable to move to working with somebody else, like with another, with a partner or with a third person or in a, in sure. a group meeting. That's um, awesome. But then, so that we're also having an individual conversation with each client. Right. So it's not just, hey, welcome to eight o'clock class. We're all going to do the roll up and then we're going to do the, like, we yeah. have a conversation with all of our clients so that yeah, we don't, we don't they teach. understand their modifications and they understand what their goal is and that the goal isn't to make a certain shape. It's to do what's right for your body all the time. I it's love a that. Conversation, not, not a presentation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that, and I, I I meant to bring this up earlier, but I also really I really uh, really like the point that you brought up where you said you've been coaching or teaching Pilates for thirty years and been a student been the student of the game yourself, and uh, really kind of boils down to about thirteen movements, right? And I think that gets lost. I think that can be that. Um, I, I read this quote. I, I think it was either in the Power Habit or Charisma Myth. I can't remember, but um, Power Habit is one of my favorite books. I made yeah. Everything. Right. Uh, maybe you can help me out then. I, it, it was, it was uh, simplicity allows for creativity. Um, what was, what was said. And I think that's kind of exactly what you're trying to hammer home there in terms of like, uh, you know, that even going back, circling back around to the beginning of your conversation where um, you know what your body's limitations are because of what you, because of your experience with, with Pilates um, or, or just with your movement practices that you do um, because you've mastered um, the, the basics and you've mastered the foundations and it allows you to know what your creative limits are. So um, I mean, you know, if you do the basics, you're basically done. Yeah. She's waiting for you to plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> very long time. Everyone gets caught up in the big advanced stuff. Yeah. The exercises. And it's like, well, you got to look cool, man. It's all for the gram. Well, well, I mean, and that's fine. And I get that. I understand that. Except the basic, the, the advanced stuff, if you're doing it properly, comes from the beginning. I mean, sure. vowel sounds are what make the language work. You know, the yeah. concept great but you got to have a vowel you know right you those basics in place uh, and i i am vastly um a believer more of a believer in and not progressing fast i just yeah. there's no need only pilates who cares you know right. at the end of the day if you're doing the basic system and you're doing the basic movements you're doing most of what you need to not die young fat and in pain now is right. that going to make you a super athlete no because that's sports specific and yeah. when you start talking the more advanced you become at yeah. anything the more specialized your body's becoming and i yeah. know this because i was a professional ballet dancer in new york i danced with the joffrey ballet and trained at school of american ballet I had yeah a real professional dance career by very real, I mean a, a high level dance career. For sure. And, you know, people say, oh, dancers are so strong. I'm like, well, for dance. <laughs> That's know, true. That's yeah, true. I got, I got to do some. If you take a Ferrari off road, it's a useless, beautiful hunk of metal. Yeah, we, for sure. Uh, yeah. We need to do SUVs. We need to despecialize. Yeah. And even our lifestyles at work the way people work with this all day long, like that's a specialization of the body, you know, this yeah. position and the keyboards and you don't, they don't stand up and do that, but they do stand up and you see that inscription still of that. Versus, yeah. I mean, of course I'm 
talking like these people can see what I'm saying, but uh, <laughs> I can see that's what matters, right? Because <laughs> I blame so much on 285. Like I blame. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. 35 is a mess anyway. And then <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just about, I, I think that's what it boils down to is, is the, the counterpoint to the, you know, I know for fitness, we need variety to keep the body changing and muscle growing and all this, but I'm not interested in muscle growth. Sure. Didn't functional. Right. And we have to have forces that counter the routine forces of our life. If you, you you've got to have an influence in your body to allow it to have option you know, yeah. being able to do this and round your head forward might be necessary. Yeah, right. But, but if you get fixed in that position, now you don't have any options left. Right. That's not a good thing, right? It's the ability to go back or forth. And this is the difference between posture and structure. Yeah. Posture is variable. Structure is not. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to help people create habits in their movement that require postures that become their structure. Yeah, that is returning them to a more neutral position, a baseline position, a starting point for whatever they want to do physically, be it mom, be it ski. I mean, I've, I have 2000 skydives. I've hiked the Appalachian Trail. Like I have all kinds of physical sure. stuff like that. And it, it all comes down to the ability to have the most options in your body and that neutral set point, that, that beginning place, where are you starting this activity from? What's your habit start what's your mental placement where are you starting the mental game from where are you starting the physical game from yeah uh, and yeah. that's sort of what we train and we just train the movement part the sleep and the eat are the other there's a whole another structure that we're dealing with but from the movement perspective the yeah. that's that's kind of the idea is that um what are the basics I love it, man. You guys are taking such a comprehensive approach. Um, I think you guys are going to serve the Atlanta community very well in your guys' new space. So I'm super excited for it because it's relatively new, right? You said you opened it up not too long ago. We signed a lease for a larger space. We were in just a little tiny space in Berkeley yeah. and signed a larger uh, space lease. I think the same day they called for the, set, the shutdown. So yeah. oh, we perfect. more than doubled our space and thinking that it was going to be a small, short lived Not thing. two weeks, no big deal. We'll get right. the studio built out. Well, right. Oops. Dang. Yeah. Uh, all right, though. You know, it, it's all good. It's going to come back. So for sure. For sure. People need to move, right? <laughs> that's not going anywhere. So, uh, well, that's awesome. So, where, where can people find this, find your guys' new location at? Uh, so we're in historic Chambly. We're at 5494, which is in with uh, Guess's Fried Chicken, which is either terrible or job security. Oh man, that would be uh, that'd be dangerous for me. <laughs> and there's a brewery. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> you guys. ATL um, is the website. And I'm sorry, say that again. I kind of cut you off. Physicalcultureatl.com. Okay, perfect. Physicalcultureatl.com. And then um, do you guys have? So is that just visit your website? Is that the best way they can get in contact with you? Do you guys have an yeah. Instagram or social media presence? Uh, yeah, we're on, we're not great at social media. Um, yeah. So we're there, we're there, but that wouldn't be probably the first place I'd look for us. Probably the website is best. Mm -hmm. um, and then nurturingtheconnection.com um, is where the women's work lives. So our next group is July 8th is our next start group um, for the ladies. And uh, we are also working on a men's uh, partner course because as much stuff there, there is to unpack with the women, there's equally... Uh, that amount with the men. So that's oh, for sure. <laughs> I love that. Well, Davidson and Sarah, thank you guys both so much for your time. Um, it's been awesome talking with y'all. I do want to be respectful of your time. So I'll, I'll let you guys go here, but um, you guys have been awesome. Thanks so much for the chat. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.